Today is the 20th anniversary of the premiere of that 70s show. So anyone who calls in and says something stupid will get my foot in his ass. I was going to do the whole show as Kelso, but I'm not smart enough to be that stupid. It's the Mark Madden Show. Not a thing to do, but talk to you. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Urban Meyer got suspended three games at Ohio State because of what he did or didn't do in the domestic abuse case involving one of his assistants, Zach Smith, who has since been terminated. I know a suspension's not enough for the echo chamber. The echo chamber wanted him fired. But this is what's best for Ohio State football, and Ohio State football is allowed to think that way and to act accordingly. And while some bad things were ignored, and domestic abuse is unforgivable, I wouldn't fire Urban Meyer either. He's a scumbag, but he's money. Urban Meyer wins. It's also good to see the court of public opinion lose some power. We're becoming a nation of stooges and tattletales. We all want somebody fired. We all want somebody ruined. Look at this poor dope in Indianapolis. Uh, Bob Lamey is his name. 79 years old. He got fired as the Colts' radio play-by-play guy after 35 years because he quoted somebody else using a racial slur in a private conversation and somebody tattled on him. Of course, uh, Lamey shouldn't have said it. Of, of course it's regrettable. But do we ever have privacy? Ever? Even for a second? And should... Lamey lose his job after 35 years. Hey, how do you think Myron Cope talked in private? Or the gunner? We are a nation of stooges and tattletales. The Chicago Cubs got Daniel Murphy, uh, the second baseman, from Washington. And one of the papers in Chicago said the Cubs shouldn't have gotten Murphy because he said a couple years ago that as a Christian... He disagrees with the homosexual lifestyle. First off, are we voting on the homosexual lifestyle? And what will the fallout be from the result of that vote? Personally, I got no problem with the homosexual lifestyle. I just hope they have no problem with gluttony and my horrible fashion sense. But why can't Daniel Murphy think that? It's not exactly hate speech. And since then... Murphy has reportedly made progress on the issue. People learn. People grow. But do we all need to think and talk exactly the same way? Because history shows that it ends bad for societies like that. But everything these days is, this guy should be fired. That guy should be ruined. Can't we just mind our own business and let Ohio State mine theirs? Sure, Meyer should have done more. Lamey shouldn't have used the N-word. 
Murphy should be more tolerant. Now he is. But for a society that bleats on and on about certain virtues, we have left the virtue called forgiveness dead and bloody on the side of the road. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Dale Ollie talking Steelers at 3.30. Rob Oler, a columnist for the Columbus, Ohio newspaper, The Dispatch, joins me at 4.30 to talk Urban Meyer. So, would you have fired Urban Meyer if you ran Ohio State? 412-333-WXDX. And please, don't compare it to the Penn State situation with Paterno. One principle is the same, the what did he know, when did he know it, and what did he do? But the situation at Penn State is much more severe. Ohio State is stonewalling. And I got to say, they're pretty good at it. He's our coach, and that's that. And it is Ohio State's decision to make, and nobody else's. Here's something out of the report, the investigation into the situation with Zach Smith, the assistant coach, the domestic abuser. This was in the report produced by the investigation And people are making a real big deal out of this. Apparently three members of the football staff were aware that Zach Smith was banging the football secretary, took sexually explicit photos of himself in the football offices and in the White House. He got sex toys delivered to him at the football office. And it wasn't just a a, a little boxer a couple of magazines and an envelope. It was like a order worth over 2K. This huge box of, I mean, God knows what. I read one of those like thong swimsuits that Borat wore. Ugh. I know very few guys besides me that look good in that. So three members of the football staff knew these things about Zach Smith. What were those three staff members supposed to do? Were they supposed to tell on the guy about that? Because none of that's a crime, and that's not what guys do. If a guy is banging the secretary, nobody goes to the boss to report that, as long as it's consensual. And I'm assuming it was consensual, because otherwise that would be in this report. How come nobody's pointing a finger at the football secretary? Because that's inappropriate on her part, too. We're a nation of stooges and tattletales. People complain about what's wrong with this country. For me, that's what's at the top of the list. We are a nation of stooges and tattletales. I feel bad for that guy in Indy, Bob Lamey. 79 years old and fired because of something said in a private conversation. That has a touch of the KGB to it. Like I said, a nation of stooges and tattletales. Should Lamey say what he did? No, of course not. But should he be fired? Well, how many of you would be fired if all your private conversations were suddenly on the record? 
Steelers signed a couple players to contract extensions today. Chris Boswell got a five-year deal. That's a long deal for a kicker, but they can always cut him. They shouldn't. If he keeps kicking like he did last year, uh, they won't. Boswell has made such a difference with big kicks in big situations to win big games. In fact, last year, it's not a stretch to say Boswell was the difference between the Steelers being 13-3 and instead of 10-6 and and perhaps even worse. Here's the funny one. Vince Williams got a four-year deal worth $20.6 million. Vince Williams got that. I'm told that the Steelers' hierarchy was torn between giving that money to Vince or wrapping it around a cement block and throwing it in the river. And to be honest, six of one, half a dozen of the other. That guy sucks. He was only good when he played with Shazier. And now there's no Shazier, and they give him 20.6 mil? Yikes. Uh, the Pirates stink again. Uh, two games under 500, and so far out of the wild card, there's no point even talking about it. They made those two good trades and immediately soiled the bet. Hurdle has not done a good job this year, but he signed through 2021, so there's no sense even talking about Hurdle maybe getting fired because he will not. The Pirates just stopped hitting. If you want to blame people, blame Polanco and Marte. Polanco is sitting 181 this month. Marte is at 205. You would think Marte would have learned his lesson being benched for part of a game after loafing. Boy, that hurts with some rigid disciplinarian. 412-333-9939. Lolly at the bottom of the hour. I want your thoughts on Urban Meyer. Should he be in fire? Because I would not have fired him. Point blank, I would not have fired him. That puts me in a minority on radio in this time. I usually am, because I'm always right and they're always wrong. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. That's correct. It's organized chaos. Super genius. I just diddled my lips on live radio for 30 seconds, and you all listened. The X at 105.9. Okay, here's another shoe. Uh... Dropping that Bob Lamey that uh, used the N word in a private conversation got ratted out and got fired. He was quoting somebody else. What's well, been revealed the person he was quoting is a guy in Indy named Derek Daly who covers motor racing for one of the TV stations there. Now, he's been fired. Derek Daly has been fired from his TV job because he was quoted secondhand using the N-word in the early 80s. In the early 80s. We've all lost our friggin' minds. We're a nation of stooges and tattletales. And I know maybe we haven't carried the decency torch as high as we should, But now we've gone way too far in the other direction to the point where we're using decency to oppress people. 
for the love of God, where does it all stop? It's why I hate my business more and more every day. I used to think I would do it till I die. Now, every day I sit down to figure out what the earliest I can get out of it is. And I mean that very sincerely. Early 80s, secondhand information, and the guy gets fired now. That's just effed up. Uh, staying with stupid stuff like this, uh, people keep saying crap like Ohio State is a joke because Urban Meyer got suspended three games instead of fired. By the way, Meyer will be allowed to coach practice after he misses the first game, so it's only an in-game suspension for the second and third weeks of the punishment. Uh, the media is coming down hard on Meyer not getting fired, but Ohio State still has a great football team and a great football coach, and this will blow over so quick. It will not keep one single recruit from going to Ohio State. Not one single recruit. So you're asking Ohio State to hurt its program for the sake of your moral compass. Here's an idea. Go indulge your moral compass on your own time, and Ohio State can run its program the way it sees fit. I guess Urban Meyer deleted some old text messages. So what? Why not? Is he supposed to help the case against him? Ah. Uh, Michelle Beadle of ESPN says she no longer watches football because football doesn't care about women. Okay, I get that. But why do people not watch Get Up? That's the question she should be concerning herself with, or maybe that question answers itself. Michelle Beadle is a much better martyr then she's a TV personality. Hey, remember when she swore off wrestling? Then the next thing you know, she's in the front row at Raw, waving and jumping up and down. What a piece of crap hypocrite Michelle Beadle is and always has been. And I hope somebody tells her I said that too. I'll never watch wrestling again unless they have me backstage so I can suck up to the stars. Yay, WWE! Uh, Ed King uh, passed away yesterday. The former Leonard Skinner guitarist, 68, apparently of lung cancer. Uh, he's prominently featured on that new Showtime documentary about Leonard Skinner, which is very good. And then he up and dies. Uh, Ed King was the third guitar in that sound, those three guitars. It was Rossington and Collins at the start. Then they added Ed King. When Ed King quit, they... Moved on to Steve Gaines, who died, of course, in the plane crash. Uh, Leonard Skinner is at Key Bank on Saturday. Uh, the only original member left in the band is Gary Rossington. And as far as I can tell, the only other member left alive is drummer Artemis Pyle, who was also featured prominently in that documentary. Ed King quit Skinner in Pittsburgh. Did you read that story by Scott Marvis? Ronnie Van Zant was out all night with King's Guitar Tech. And the Guitar Tech got to the next day's show late. And King had to play with the strings from the show before. And a couple of them broke. And Ronnie Van Zant blamed Dead King when it was Ronnie Van Zant's fault for keeping the guitar roadie out. And uh, Ed King said, look, I don't need this. And he was out of there. 
In a way, it saved his life. I mean, I'm not being flippant, but that's the actuality of it. Up next, joining me in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, we're going to talk Steelers with uh, Ronnie, with Ronnie Van Zandt. I wish. That'd be some interview. We're going to talk Steelers with Dale Lolly of DK1059. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'm one of a kind on the radio. Thank you for being the best damn radio host in Pittsburgh. It's a family affair. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, it's a real pleasure to talk to Dale Lolly, who covers the Steelers for DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, let's start with the contracts the Steelers uh, agreed to today. A four-year deal with Vince Williams, a five-year deal with uh, the kicker, Chris Boswell. Let's stay with Boswell first. Uh, That's a long deal to give a kicker. What kind of dough did he get? Uh, How much is guaranteed? And, you know, I can't say it's not worth it because he's a guy who's won a lot of games for the Steelers in the recent past. Yeah, uh, we haven't. uh, It's a four-year, $20 million deal. So basically averages $4 million a year, or five-year, $20 million deal, I should say. And that's pretty much what the going rate has been for kickers of late. Uh, That makes him the sixth highest paid kicker in the league. Um, you look at the guys who are ahead of him. It's the, you know, the Justin Tucker's and, and and Steven Guskowski's guys like that. So, really, you got a 27 year old kicker who they like. Obviously, they want to keep him around, and that'll keep him around till he's 32. Um, he'll still be in prime age for a kicker. I mean, they can kick till they're, you know, mid to late 30s. I'm assuming that not a lot of that was guaranteed, right? Yeah, I don't know what the exact numbers are on on the the signing bonus and all that stuff. I, I can't imagine it was a big signing bonus. I mean, when you're talking about twenty million dollars, so if he gets, let's say he gets, you know, six or seven million of that guaranteed, that's not it's not a bad deal. It doesn't it would lower his cap hit for this year. It was he was scheduled to make two point nine million, so they could probably get that number a little bit lower for this year. Well, and to reiterate, he, he's a guy that has won a ton of games with big kicks. Uh, look at last year. I think it's reasonable to say, Dale. That if Chris Boswell's even average last year, the Steelers win ten or eleven games instead of thirteen. Yeah, I mean, you look at the kicks that he made. Four game winners last year. Three of those were with time running out or with with the clock expired. It's I mean, incredible! It's, it's incredible, and he, and he's uh, he's the Ice Man. I mean, he just doesn't it doesn't phase him. I've talked to him about it. He's like, look, I just approach every kick that, like it's the same. He's made ninety percent of his kicks in his career. Which, if you think back, I mean. It wasn't that long ago if a guy made, you know, nine out of ten kicks, you were having a parade for him, and now it's now that's what's expected. Uh and the other contract, Vince Williams got uh, we're told twenty point six mil over four years. That kind of surprised me, Dale, because I'm not sure he's proven he could be an impact player without Ryan Shazier on the field. And unfortunately Shazier's not going to be on the field probably ever again. What's your take on that contract? You know, I talked to uh, Jerry Olsavsky by As It Were Today, which was kind of funny. I'd asked for him for the last uh, week and a half or so, and I finally got him today. And so I was talking to him about the inside linebacker position in general, and I asked him, I said, well, who's going to wear the dot this year? Who's going to be the communicator on the field? And he said, well, it's going to be Vince because he's going to be on the field the most, which kind of surprised me. I thought maybe it might be Bostic. And... He said, look, he's, you know, Vince is a guy who continues to improve. He said, if you would have told me when Vince, when we drafted Vince in the sixth round in 2013, that he would be a guy who would get eight sacks in a season, I'd have told you you were crazy. He said, but Vince continues to work on his game and improve every year. He just works at it. Uh, so I think they expect bigger things from Vince this year. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to get eight sacks again. I think that that's, you know, everybody knows now that he's coming on those kind of things, but. But he can be a guy who can be somewhat impactful, and you're not going to replace Ryan Shazier with just one guy. I think if, if they had 
Um, you know, if they could make a Frankenstein's monster, maybe they could. You know, you can just kind of cobble a bunch of guys together. But even in the draft, there was really one guy, uh, the kid who got drafted by the Bears. He was the only thing that was even close to Roquan re- Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith was the only guy close to being able to replace Ryan Shazier uh, on the football field. So you, you got to try to do it a different way. And part of that equation is Vince Williams. We'll get back to the inside backers in a second, but let's talk about the Steeler D in general because the third preseason game is Saturday at home. Tennessee's coming to town. And what in particular do the Steelers just need to do better on defense deal? After what happened at Green Bay, it strikes me as being a pretty big game for an exhibition. Yeah, I, I think well, it is because they also game plan some for this game. They they do no really no game planning for the first. It's two. the closest to a real game yeah. we see in the preseason. The this, third game. Yeah, this week they've they've treated this whole week like it's a regular season game week. So they've done some film study. They've done some game planning on on what they're going to see from Tennessee. So it's not just going to be them out there running their base defense or their base offense. And you know we're going to get to see Ben Roethlisberger on offense, but we're also going to get to see a lot of the. The defensive packages. I, I, you know, if you look at what they've done in this preseason, they've basically played their base and nickel defenses exclusively. They ha- we haven't seen the dime yet, and we ha- certainly haven't seen the quarter or the uh, dollar defense yet, which they've repped a lot throughout training camp, but they haven't done it in the game. Uh, I'd like to see that a little bit, but maybe they're saving that at this point for Cleveland. They want to they want to break that out in regular season. They don't want to put that, it on that's film. a slippery slope though to break it out in the regular season after never even having played one snap in a preseason game. Yeah, it is. And, I, and when I, I first talked to Joe Hayden about it, he goes, yeah, we'll probably rep it a lot in the preseason to see what it looks like. Well, we're still waiting to see it. I mean, I've seen it in practice. I see, it looks like it could be an effective defense when you get into third and long situations. But until you see it you know, on the field in a, in a game situation, you just don't know. Well, Dale, give me some hunches here because there's no way to predict. But how much will the Steelers play their base 3-4, and how often will they play the nickel – the dime and the dollar. I'm talking regular season. Well, last year they were in their base defense about 30% of the time, give or take. Um, that was one of the the most in the league, actually. Um, so, I, But I expect that number to go down considerably this year. I, I expect to see a lot more uh, you know, situations where they would normally be in their base defense. Maybe they're in a nickel instead. Uh, situations where they would have been in the nickel in the past, maybe they go to the dime. Everything kind of moves up Everything one bumps, slot. Yeah, yeah. Because and I the think, nickel becomes de facto the base D. More or less, yeah. And, and I think that that could be effective for them because I think when you look at their best, you know, if you're trying to put your 11 best defenders on the field, um, I would say, you know, at least five or six of those best 11 defenders are defensive backs. Now, let's stay with the DBs. Who's looked good among the DBs and who's disappointed so far? You know, I really like what I've seen from Cameron Sutton. Uh, he's a guy that, that everyone conti- says that continues to make plays and, and he's smart and he can play a bunch of different uh, positions for you. Uh, I think I think Edmonds has a, a bright future in this league. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I've, I was like everybody else. I was kind of shocked by the pick when they made it. Uh, but when you see him on the football field, you're like, okay, I, I can see why they made that pick. Uh, I think he's going to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be a star, but he can certainly be, a, you know, have a bright future in this league. Um, I think well, our, he can be that hybrid type of guy, yeah. Katie. That he and I, I don't want to both, compare yeah. him to Pulamalu, but do the same job, kind of. Yeah, and they've got several guys like that. Sutton's a, a guy that can play safety for you. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. Uh, and, and so, same thing with Edmonds. He can do a bunch of different things with him. And, and, and to a certain extent, Morgan Burnett is that kind of player as well. Um, I, I'd like to see more out of him, uh, if you want to talk about disappointments. Yeah, some people have said he's been a bit disappointing so far, but couldn't that be a veteran 
knowing when it's cruising time to turn through, it yeah, up. Yeah, cruising through preseason, cruising through training camp, uh, and he's missed some time here and there, so it's difficult to look at that. Um, I, I really think that the secondary is going to be improved this year. I think I, th- I think it's going to be a lot better. They have a lot of guys there, and, and the great thing about having those hybrid-type guys, Mark, is that if you're in that package, uh, let's say you get caught with with six defensive backs on the field, and they go hurry up on you, and they go to a bigger, you know, okay, we're going to go a tight package here, and we're going to try to run the football. Well, when you've got some of those hybrid guys on the field, it's not going to be out of the norm for Terrell Edmonds to be up, up in the box or Burnett to be up oh, in the box. That's what they prefer, those two. Right. So, I mean, it, it could really work to the Steelers' uh, advantage. We're talking to Dale Lawley. You could check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Two guys I want to ask specifically about are Artie Burns and Sean Davis because you keep hearing that they still need time to develop, but they're in their third year in the league. A lot of guys in the league at DB after three years are really like established players, and these guys aren't. Is that disturbing? I mean, I guess I guess they play a lot. They're established in that way, but they're as, they, as good as they should be, especially Artie, who, of course, is a first-round pick. Well, if you look at Artie, he was the sixth cornerback taken that year. Um you know, so you're you're not. Yes, he was a first round pick. It's kind of like Terrell Evans. Yes, he was a first round pick, but he was at the bottom of the first round. Um, you know, so really, once you get that's past, where the Steelers usually pick, and that's where you're usually picking. So that's why, in, in, for example, you've seen them draft some younger guys with some growth potential. Right, uh, they'll take a chance on some of those younger guys. Artie's one of those guys. I mean, Artie's still 24 or 25 years, 24 years old, I believe. Uh, you know, and this is going into his fourth, uh, third season in the league. Um, there were corners coming out in the draft this year who were younger than Artie. Right. Um, so th- there's some growth development and, and potential there for him. I, I think, you know, I think he's going to be much better this year than he has been. They really need that, don't they? They do. And, and he yeah. really needs that too. I think. Yeah, uh, you can't just have one good corner in this league anymore. You have to be able. You have to be balanced on both sides of the field because teams throw the ball so much that that if you have a weak point, they will attack you and attack you and attack you. Um, as for Sean Davis, I mean, he's. This is what his third position switch now. They started him out. He's, he's playing in the slot his, his rookie year. Then they okay, we're going to shut him down a little bit, move him back to strong safety. Now you're going to move him to free safety. And it's an, as much as they want to say that the, the, the two are interchangeable, they're really not. I mean, you're looking at things from a completely different perspective at free safety than you are at strong safety. Um, now I think he has the athleticism to play that position. Uh, I think he has the hands to play that position. The question is going to be: Does he have the instincts to play that position? And that we haven't see, we haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. But he is the starter right now, right? He's the starter at free safety, and he, he's going to be. They don't have anybody else. Yeah, no, nobody really could supplant him there, correct? I, I, what, I mean, what, what would Plan B be? I, I Let's guess, say he got hurt. Either. I guess Plan B would be Burnett at free safety, and that's not ideal uh, because he doesn't have the range of a, of a true free safety. And, and then you put Edmonds in at strong safety. And allow his athleticism to, to, to play there, but um, I mean, if they if that happens and they have to do that, um, I think they're probably better off than they were last year with Mike Mitchell there, but maybe not a whole lot better than Mike Mitchell. Now, you think Vince Williams is going to be on the field the most for the inside backers? How will the roles shake down for guys like Bostick and and, and Matikavich, the other inside backers? Well, Bostick's now the starter, and that's the way they've Which been. Which we always yeah. kind of figured, right? They've been playing it that way in both the first two preseason games. Uh, they finally made it official and moved him on the depth chart this week. Uh, but that's been the, the plan all along. But they wanted to give Matikiewicz every opportunity to uh, to show that he couldn't do that job. And I think he's done a pretty good job of doing that. <laughs> um, and, and nothing against Tyler, but he's he's limited athletically. Um, right. You know, and I, and I asked Jerry Olsaski today, I said, you know, 20 years ago, 
he's a guy that plays in the league for 10 years because it wasn't, you know, you didn't throw the ball as much as you did then or do now. And he said, yeah, but there's still a place for those guys in the league. Um, now, whether whether that's special teams, whether that's whatever, but, you, I mean, you do have to win on first and second downs. But any time that the ball is in the air, he's a liability. Yeah, and really, isn't that why the Steelers can only go with one inside backer most of the time? Because I think when two inside backers are in there, even if it is Williams and Bostick and they're doing okay, I think the other team goes right after them. Oh, you have to. I mean, that's what that's what you're going to do, and, and uh, you know. That that's the reality of the game today. That's that's what teams will do. I mean, you know, we we start start to happen back in what was it, two thousand and two, uh, when the when the Patriots and Raiders came out and threw the ball all over the Steelers on the, in the first two games, and they re, they refused to change. They stayed in their base defense. Well, now you 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 know your base defense is that nickel and maybe even more dime uh, packages. So that's just the reality of today's game. That's why Ryan Shazier was such a special player because you never had to sub him out. He was like, you know, everybody said, well, move him to safety. Well, that was the great thing about him is that you could play him wherever he could make plays at all three levels. You have to be able to do that in today's game. What's Bud Dupree been doing so far? Him and TJ Watt switched sides to really try to open up the pass rush more for Dupree to make him more of a pure pass rush specialist. Obviously, TJ Watt hasn't played much. Uh, in the preseason. What's your take on Dupree? If my eyes didn't deceive me, Dale, he was doing some stuff coming up the middle even a little bit, and he looked pretty good doing it. Yeah, I, I think he – I talked to, actually talked to TJ about this yesterday, and he said you know, he feels he bends much better coming off the left side. Um, he has more pass rush moves. He said he called him, he has more pitches in his, uh, in his arsenal coming off the left side. And I really think that's ideally what this move was made about. You want TJ Watt to be as comfortable as he can be, but I think Bud Dupree on the other side, that serves him well, uh, largely because, A, he's working next to Cam Hayward, who you know is going to get double teams, and B, I, I think when you look at the left tackles in the league, um, they're more finesse guys. Um, you know, I think Bud is a, is a big, powerful guy, uh, and I think you know he can maybe overpower some of these left tackles. We saw a good, quick first step in the Green Bay game, and he got to the quarterback. Uh, pass rushing so much about confidence, and I feel I think both these guys feel more confident on those sides. Uh, I didn't leave much time to talk about the offense, but that's because I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> we know that's going to be all right. I'm pretty comfortable with the offense, but you know it's it's always good to see Ben play. But you know what I always wonder about? Ben's going to play like what two series? Probably, yeah. Is it even worth him playing the two series? I, I think there's some value to really? it. Really? Yeah, I think there's some value to it. I mean, you saw it with Aaron Rodgers last week. He gets out there, he goes in, he throws a, you know, moves him 40 yards for a touchdown. You get him out of there. Probably won't play again this preseason. Uh, much the same thing with Ben. You just want to get him on the field, get him a taste uh, of, of the game, and let him go and, and get him out of there before anything bad happens. James Washington's looked pretty good, hasn't he? He looks like he could be a future star. You know what I like about him? What, what's the term Tomlin uses? The battle catches. Yeah. If you throw in traffic, even when he doesn't get it, you have to pay a price to not let him get it. He's got it's some Antonio really Brown in him with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like he just he's all fingers and elbows. Yeah, and Dayon compared him a little bit to, to the hands, the hand strength to uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and I kind of see a little bit. He's maybe he's not as good as Larry. I mean, Fitzgerald has the best it, once he gets his hand. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. That's the best thing I've almost ever heard. The X at one oh five nine. one-on-one golf match between uh, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods is apparently going to be on pay-per-view. 
and on the Bleacher Report app. I was definitely going to watch it. Now there is zero chance whatsoever of me watching it. It's two of golf's great names, and it's $9 million winner take all. It's very interesting, but it's not worth paying to see. I want to get more of your reaction to Urban Meyer not getting fired. I heard somebody on the B team say that Ohio State should have let the Meyer case be handled by an independent investigator. Yo, not if they wanted to keep him as coach, they shouldn't. See, Ohio State wants Urban Meyer to be their coach. And they don't care what the echo chamber thinks. And it's truly terrible about Courtney Smith, who was domestically abused by her husband. But Ohio State thinks its football program is more important. And they're allowed to think that. And now if fans don't want to watch, they won't. And if recruits don't want to go there, they won't. The market decides. Of course, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about in 30 seconds. I'm going to talk about the networks deciding to not play the national anthem before NFL telecasts. Of course, they rarely did that before, but knowing that won't stop our president, will it? I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.